everybody. Welcome back to Author Eke. Today I have Russell Cowdery. He is a relatively new author like myself. And uh gonna let him introduce himself. You know how we do on Author Eke. We'll start where it's kind of regimented, and then we just kind of go for the free-for-all, whatever kind of suits my fancy or who I remember I'm talking to, and we can get off on different tangents and topics. So uh Russell, be ready. <laughs> All yours, man. It sounds great. Uh Travis, thank you for having me on. Um, you know, I, I like I was saying, uh, take one. Uh, really appreciate your service. We just had Veterans Day, and uh, Thank you. I, I listened to a snippets of a few of your uh, other guests, and a really interesting collection of folks from around the country, <laughs> around the world, and uh, most of them are veterans, and so it, it really impressive. Um, so I'm Russell Cowdery. Uh, as you can tell from my accent, I'm not from England. I'm from Texas. Um, Yay, Texas! <laughs> Grew up in a small town in uh, in North Texas named Bowie, named after the uh, the famous Alamo uh, hero. And so, anyways, I, I like you uh, joined the masses. For me, it was COVID was the trigger. Uh, masses of authors that I think have come online. And it's an interesting time uh, to be an author. But in the last couple of years. Uh, Really been hard at work on Released my first two books. First one in February, Ancient Civilizations, uh, Book One of Lamentations and Magic, and released Book Two, Echoes of Ancients. Uh, it's really kind of set up to be a, a trilogy with mm. possibility of more uh, more going on. Um, that came out. Echoes of Ancients came out in August, and so um, really excited. You know. Yep. to be here with you and uh, learn from you because I think we're all kind of uh, going through this journey and, and at different speeds and, and learning different things. So, Excellent. Well, I'm actually in Allen, Texas. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> if I was better prepared, <laughs> folks, we would have met in person. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, we did get introduced at uh, my hometown's uh, local uh, I live in Coffeyville, and uh, our local library had an ending. Yep, sure did. That's where sure. you and I hooked yep. up. Great to, to meet you there and the other authors. So. Yeah, we had a good time. It was a good crowd, and I really appreciate uh, Capel Library doing that for indies because it's tough, you know, just getting everything out. So I'm very interested in, I, I love ancient civilizations. So I've been to Egypt, I've been in the pyramids, so I'm really interested in that. Um, so kind of walk us through. What what stroked your interest and in your research? So how what was the mechanics behind that or your process? Uh, well, you know, just the interest in it all, you know, goes back to your, your childhood. Uh, mother is a reader, and I'm of the age that um, she said I started reading pretty early. I don't remember mm-hmm. that part of it, but she back then they had book clubs. And she said, you get to pick two book clubs. Mm-hmm. And ship you, you know, you get a little little flyer and pick the books you wanted. So I picked the, the science fiction and fantasy book club and I picked the history book club. And I've kind of been a nerd and a geek for both uh, ever since then. I think I wanted to be an Egyptologist or a general. Those were the two things, and I was neither right when I once I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm getting I'm getting to live out some of that and and as I write these books. Um and so, you know, when COVID came around, I, I was a, I was in tech, 
my whole uh, business mm-hmm. career. Um, in 2014, I started up trying to get into the, you know, the social media game. Had a had a company, a little startup, raised quite a bit of money, but we didn't quite make it. Uh, called Plum, people like you and me. Um, COVID came around. I was already working on a second uh, startup, and COVID killed that. So I had a lot of time to read. I read tons and tons on Kindle Unlimited, and I saw all these um, indie authors that were were being successful, and they were putting out stories that I enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, but they weren't they weren't Mark Twain, they weren't Shakespeare, they weren't you know Longfellow. They were they were good solid writers that had a story to tell, and so that kind of got me into it. And as I started to think, well, what do I want to write? What is that story that's inside of me? Um, and and I think when we get into the business side of things, you'll you'll go, well, you made lots of mistakes going down this path, but it was the story I wanted to write. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So ancient civilizations, Lamentations of magic is really Indiana Jones meets Stargate. And if you're an old school sci-fi uh, person, I stole a little bit from Jerry Pornell's Janissaries series. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted it to have a lot of fun, fast-paced action. I wanted it to have a ton of history and archaeology. And I wanted to be able to work in all those different infamous and famous civilizations and throughout mm-hmm. history into kind of the plot and the, the world that I built. And so that that's kind of what got me started. Um, I failed in my initial cast. I was I was going to make uh, Indiana Jones slash Josie Wells was my main character. I wanted him to be mm-hmm. that, that kind of guy, and that is not what I developed. <laughs> <laughs> Things more fit them uh, as, as as you as you build them. <laughs> as you get into it, and. Um, and so I, I had kind of set some some writing prompts for myself as part of the outlining of this this book. And mm-hmm. I started I really wanted to work some Indian British soldiers into the book. And um, huh. so I that's that's how I picked the timeline. So I mm-hmm. picked 1883 Egypt because in 1882 the British invaded Egypt and took it over. And I researched the heck out of it what Indian units were in. Egypt at the time, and and uh, the 13th Bengal Lancers were there, and so I've done a ton of research around that unit, where they came from, and what they were about. But then, as I'm doing research for the players and archaeology players, the political players in Cairo in 1883, I ran across this footnote in history that kind of changed the trajectory of these two books and the book I'm currently writing. So the the man, the British noble that took over Egypt and managed it for the next 20 years, uh, he was the first Earl of Cromare. I don't know hmm. if I say that right. And, um, Evelyn Baring was his name. And he had uh, footnote in his Wikipedia that when he was a young artillery officer stationed in Corfu, Greece, uh, he had a Louisa Sophia. And from that footnote, my mind just kind of went crazy. So oh, wow. Here's, a, yeah. here's, here's this illegitimate child of a very powerful man. You know, her only two footnotes are in history. She was born. And when she turned mm-hmm. 18, she received an inheritance. So we know he, he maintained her 
exist. And so I took mm-hmm. and ran with it. And if you've ever watched the Mummy movies, the good ones, you know, with oh, yeah, Frazier. Yeah, Brendan Frazier, Rachel Weiss. I kind of flipped the script on that. So I have uh, Ben McGee, he's my idealistic archaeologist. And then I have Luisa Sophia, who is now a uh, very jaded thief type character. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so that, that kind of was the impetus for, for that. One of the other writing plans I had was to kind of include some of my personal history, I guess. Uh, I've adopted mm-hmm. a lot of children, foster parent. So, oh, good for you. Is, thank you. And so, my third point of view in the book is uh, a young man named Boo, and Ben ends up unofficially adopting him when he's orphaned. And so, those are the three points of view in, in the series. And uh, even though I, I try to stick to that fun, and all those other things. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to have that kind of found family underlying thread to the whole thing. So that's excellent. And so, so when you walk in the Perot Museum, they go, oh, "Not you again." <laughs> you're doing your research, or the, or the <laughs> they just take it this time. Break it back when you're done. Uh, <laughs> so you, know, you have to do a tremendous amount of research. Yes. And that research could not be possible without us being in this modern age. I don't know how people wrote mm-hmm. any kind of historical fiction back in the day. Mm-hmm. You just don't have the resources that we have. Even today, I mean, history is this like a very fuzzy, impressionist thing, right? We, we know that it's not the reality. What we read isn't exactly what happened. It's what the people who wrote the history books say it happened. And then there's the, well, what really did happen? And, and then your mind goes wild with, you know, what might have happened? What crazy things could happen? That's where all these story ideas come from. Yeah. I think that's where my passion is. And the struggle with social media this as an author. And yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> you you got to do, do it. But um, and I haven't fully embrace this yet, but mm-hmm. I agree with a substance called history is magic. And that's where I'm discussing I'm releasing early chapters of the work I'm Excellent. Working on. I'm doing author notes around the history that I'm putting into the research history. Oh, that's interesting. I'm doing. And so I think that's my, where I'm going to go with all of my TikToks and everything. It's really going to be about the history and what I'm researching and what I'm learning because that's, that's where my passion lies. And I well, think hopefully, when we get uh, out here. So hopefully, somebody, some young individual, uh, will look at and say, you know what? So, oh, I, I do have to do research, and this is how you do research, right? This is how you document your research. So, as they go through their, you know, school or whatever, maybe they're struggling about. People, some people don't know how to research, right? They mm-hmm. just don't. So maybe that could help them uh, because just. The knowledge that you gain uh, from you know research, whether it's online or in a movie or uh, reading a book or whatever, is fundamental to be able to to really start your mind being creative. That's, yeah. I think the catalyst. Yeah, I, I agree. I I one of those uh, milestones as a new author. I, I had a a teacher reach out. And she had a middle school student who had I guess read my book and wants mm-hmm. to 
talks to me. Oh, well, that's <laughs> awesome. And so I'm like, hey, that's fantastic. So, uh, yeah. And I, I it, it, it goes to your what you're talking about there. Uh, yeah. And if any teachers are out there, I'm actually offering a free book. You just go to my website. You There's a teacher's uh, link. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving away about 50 books to teachers and, and administrators out there. So if anybody wants that, that, that's how this young person found me. So, so what, what do you find interesting about Egypt? Because <laughs> some of it, take, I mean, what are the... I mean, I know what I find interesting. Uh, so what? Well, I mean, is it the pyramids? Is it? Yeah. So I, I'm very jealous that you've been. It's been on my bucket list forever. And it mm-hmm. just hasn't happened. I've you know, traveled quite a bit, but that isn't where I've been. And um, back to my childhood, my, my grandparents traveled. And they have these slides. And I've been here with the slides. I still have them. Oh, wow. And I, and That's cool. It's very cool. They went all over the world. And I just remember being a young child. Hey, there. Russell, you want to yes. tell the younger people what slides are? <laughs> <laughs> well, they took a negative of a picture and they overlaid <laughs> it onto a projector and, and put it up there on the screen. Um, it's Yeah, it's a very archaic... Um, that's kind of how we look it up, we look it up have... folks. Look it up. They're awesome. Yeah, look it up. Um, That'll be in some historical research for somebody soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> click, click. What is this thing? <laughs> but, but they went. They went to Egypt. They went to Israel. They went to. Yeah, they were behind the Iron Curtain at one point, and they just went oh, wow. everywhere. And and I got to live and and experience that through their journeys as a young child, and I think that helped fuel my my love of that. Um, as far as Egypt itself, it's. It's just so fascinating. Um, like I said, I, I wanted to be an Egyptologist when I was mm-hmm. young, and I, I still so uh, I subscribed to Archaeology Magazine. That's kind of nerd I am. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and a lot of it is to get. I mean, that magazine's great because it takes me all over to the places that I haven't really researched mm-hmm. and done a lot of. But Egypt is kind of mysterious. I mean, mm-hmm. you have this very I mean, they have their different writing systems. Uh, the hieroglyphics are just kind of mesmerizing, and you mm-hmm. and you think, what? How, how did anybody communicate with something like this? Um, and so you look at cuneiform, and then you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> maybe this is a better yeah. writing. Um, yeah. But and then the, obviously the engineering mar- marvels um, and the organization that it took for that society at that time with with the tools that they had available to them. Um, it really is just a, a fascinating place that I hope to someday get to, to visit and get to those pyramids. Yeah, but uh, so I went there on a Friday, and it's like the Egyptians go. That's like the beach to them. I think that's where they go on Fridays, and uh, or I think it was Friday. And you go up to there, and you go, well, they're, they're big. You know, you're thinking, okay, they're big. But when you get there, they're big. I mean, the the stones. <laughs> I don't even know how they moved them around. And there's a saying that. Uh, Man fears time. Time fears the pyramids. Oh, wow. because they're they'll always always be there. Uh, they're, they're remarkable, uh, <laughs> remarkable. It's an amazing I, place. I the people are yeah, fan, people are wonderful. I was in the army at that time, 
And the people mm-hmm. were, you know, still wonderful, wonderful people. Um, so I, I highly want to recommend someone to go and uh, maybe not now, but you know, uh, whenever <laughs> possible. And that's all. That's always the uh, in the the rub for me is it's just when I had the money, mm-hmm. the time, the whatever. They were in chaos. Yeah. Right. Um, so I ended up going other places to Rome, to to Greece, those kinds of things. Well, um, in Texas, you could go to you could go to Italy, you can go to Paris, you can go to Athens, all in a day. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is, <laughs> but so, yeah. so, your, so did all your books take place in Egypt, or are there other ancient lands so, that you venture off to? So, you know, there's the Stargate. Um, the book one starts in the Louvre with my my actually stealing mm-hmm. some pyrite uh, from the Louvre um, and goes to Egypt. But then obviously there's the Stargate element. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the reasons I kind of did this is I read a lot of portal fantasy that's it's a genre of books where people get transported into a new world and thrown into the situation. Mm-hmm. And what kind of has bothered me about that genre is that, like, people transport in chapter one. So I don't know who these people are. I don't know why I care about them. And so I really wanted to establish my characters. And so that first half of book one takes place all in Egypt. Um, and it's really just hundred percent historical fiction, Indiana Jones stuff. But then you get to the tripping, you know, the, the tipping point where uh, they find a device pretty much like a Stargate, they accidentally activate it, and they end up on um, a planet named Aru, which Aru in ancient Egyptian mythology is the field of, of reeds. And so that is, that's how I kind of weave in some of that. Mm-hmm. And, and once they land on Aru, the adventure just goes completely in a different direction in that they're, you know, confronted with ancient civilizations that are at war. There is there's magic on this world, but it's all driven by ancient alien technology. And so I don't even know if my readers pick up on that. A lot of them are like, oh, oh wow. it's a little unbelievable. But it's it's all grounded in science fiction, everything that I've been doing. Um, and and so there's multiple alien races. There's There's a reason that human civilizations have been pulled into this other world. And so I've intertwined their, t- their timelines and the amount of research that I put into that to be like, Oh, well, you know, part of Perdiccas's army, when he was fighting for Ptolemy to get Alexander's body back, they disappear mm-hmm. and they, they get taken Shanghai essentially. And I do that with civilizations and I have to make the timeline work up. And so I've got, I've got some of the, you know, Indian civilizations. Mm-hmm. I've got Sumerian on and mixed in with all of this, and so it, it, it's it's quite expansive. It's hard to kind of explain what's going on. Right, <laughs> it's like well, getting that, to talk that's, to you that's like tough. this. That's tough. That's yeah. tough in uh, timelines and books, making sure everything kind of lines up. If you're running multiple threads in a book, that they all line mm-hmm. up, and so you know, you you do one, and then all of a sudden, like, well, they. What happened like, you know, five days ago? Where's this, where's this character been? Or how do you make it, you know, come together uh, to make well, it fluid? Book three 
well, I'm, I'm writing book three, but it's a prequel. And, uh, mm-hmm. But working on book three of the series to kind of wrap up everything that's going on, I now have a spreadsheet with multiple columns to try to get that timeline. Here are all my main characters, my secondary characters, the different plot lines. How do they line up? Um, because my entire book, the second half of the book and the, and the other book, it takes place in like 50 days, and I keep like a running timeline of it. It's a pretty quick right. pace kind of thing. Uh, but you introduce these characters that people like, and they're like, well, what happened to that person? And you can't forget them. And as you work them into the thread for the next the next book. So, yeah, it, it's more of a challenge, and I, I've bitten off quite a bit, but I'm, I'm excited to so get when to we're an So we're an ancient civilization. And they come mm-hmm. back, and of course, they have an Excel license because they'll probably never, ever go away. They're going to access your spreadsheet, and the guy goes, uh, hmm, how did he know about this already? I worked really hard to tie it to the Earth timeline to where in some mystical universe it can mm-hmm. happen. Um, mm-hmm. The Japanese civilization that I brought over I took that to be uh, so there was the, the very powerful Shogun clan and their kind of timeline was maybe a couple of years off or what I needed but I'm mm-hmm. like okay history is kind of fudgy on a couple of years here and then I took right. them because they ended up all committing suicide because there was a big civil war and this whole clan wow. got surrounded by their enemies and they 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 just essentially killed off their own clan and so in my book the clan gets taken to my you know they disappear mm-hmm. from earth but it's not something that couldn't have happened kind of stuff. that's kind of the way i try to work the timelines huh. into it and how much detail i go into it which is which no one no one will care about me <laughs> i'm, I'm, I'm gonna have crazy. to get uh I'm gonna have to get a couple of your books. My my grandson would love that stuff. He loves reading that stuff. So that uh, that would be awesome. Of course, he'll quiz me, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. but so 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 you've written two books. You're writing your third. Are you right. self published, or do you have a publisher, yeah. or how, how do you go about doing that? So I I'm completely self published. Um, I did just get a, a deal recently with uh, Podium Audio. Um, and I got that deal, I think, because I made a connection with another author who worked with them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I guess, cause, you know, going out and doing an audiobook yourself, you know, could run you five, six grand, um, depending on how, oh, big, yeah. how long how long your book is. In Podium, I'm going to get less royalties, but um, they're going to be doing all the production. They've already cast uh, the narrator. Um, and he's done other like, science fiction series as well, and a really good, easy listening uh, voice. Uh, so I'm excited about that. That starts in January. Hopefully in mm-hmm. March, they will actually release the first uh, book one. So we have a three-book deal. Oh, awesome. And, uh, so that means I have all this extra pressure to get uh, book three. The very <laughs> But in the meantime, I'm distracting myself because I'd already plotted out this other prequel because I fell in love mm-hmm. with that Louisa Sophia character. And when mm-hmm. I built her background, um, I, I really just I, I fell in love with 
trying to get her educated in the 1880s and, and being at the same level as my archaeologist character. And, and, um, and so I, I tried to find a boarding school for her in Europe. And I mm-hmm. ended up settling on this. The, there are these 200-year-old, they're now 200 years old, uh, schools created by Napoleon, um, the Legion d'Honneur. And they're hereditary. Hmm. And I say hereditary, but hmm. you have to have won uh, the Legion d'Honneur, or, which is their equivalent of like the Medal of Freedom. And they give them out to lots of people, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. non-French folks. And, or you have to yeah. get their like Medal of Honor. And then your daughter, your granddaughter, yeah. and your great-granddaughter can pot and attend these schools. So I kind of really kind of started researching. I was like, this is like female Hogwarts, but in reality, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, they had three levels of schools. They had uh, one for like the privates, they went, you know, the NCOs, and then they had their officer mm-hmm. board that their daughters could go to. And the lower two schools were all run by nuns. And it was a very harsh and i'm getting all my research from a diary um, and and the work around this diary that one of the girls wrote while there so anyways, that's amazing that's, that's a long story that, that i went down this rabbit hole that's amazing and, and so my my wife and i were going to go on a trip to portugal and on that trip i was like i can't do everything at this school in paris it's at, in saint Denis, which is a suburb of, of paris and it exists today mm-hmm. and i'm now communicating with staff there um, so when we went to Portugal in 20, last year, I guess, last March, um, I, I plotted out this book and I incorporated all the places that I went when I was in Portugal and, and drawing all the historical facts from that. Mm-hmm. So this book is called, uh, Luisa Sofia and the last, uh, I just changed the title, Luisa Sofia and a, um, Legion of Sisters. And um, it's kind of a young adult, um, 17-year-old girls. And the Mm -hmm. premise is that uh, the girls that attended St. Dennis, they were were destined to kind of marry into the upper echelon of Mm -hmm. French society, either the general officer's corps, diplomats, so forth. And so this tour... Fictional part of it is that the girls that are the outcasts, that they don't have maybe the social standing, the school offers them this tour where they take them out to socialize and meet outside of Paris circles. And so in this case, they're actually going to Portugal and going to meet and try to get the girls some husbands. And my main character thinks this is absurd and barbaric and, you know, the modern 18. 74 women were never going to participate, but uh, the bully in her school decides to go along to torture her and her friends. And so mm-hmm. a lot of misadventures take place from that point forward. And so, excellent, excellent. Are you going to work Portugal into it? Are you working Portugal into it? You're going to work Portugal into it? That's the thing. Yeah, Portugal is a, is a really big part of it. Um, well, about a third of the way through the book, they've they've have some stuff at school. Uh, they go down river, catch a steamboat. Um, mm-hmm. Pictures of an actual steamboat that would have been running that line or pretty close to that line. Uh, lots of research into that. It was amazing the level of luxury and comfort on those cruise ships in the 1870s. Uh, it's mm-hmm. probably where the first working toilets were really 
put into play um, indoor plumbing. And um, they go up to Porto and then make their way up through the Douro Valley and then on up to, to Lisbon. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I'm working a ton of history in. Um, the other day, I discovered this thing called chain boats. Maybe you're aware of them. But for about 30 years on the rivers in Europe and and in, in America, uh, they used to run a big cable through just down on the river floor bed. Mm-hmm. And they would hook a, an actual boat up to it, and it would have a winch that would pull the chain and wrap wrap around and pull. Never even heard of that. Yeah, boat. yeah, the boat forward. I had never either until I was like, I have to transport them from Paris to La Havre. I don't know how to say that. I can't speak a word of French. And um, mm. and so I, how I ended up understanding how this mechanism worked was I found an excerpt from Mark Twain when he went. He went. On uh, so these these chain boats would actually pull a convoy of barges down the river uh, through this mechanism, and Mark Twain actually rode on one of these one time. And he <laughs> described it in some of his travels. Yeah, so modern was, technology. <laughs> it was at the time. <laughs> um, so so I'm really excited. That's what I'm working on. If anybody goes to historyismagic.com, that's where they can. See all the research I'm doing on that book. I can read the early chapters. Mm. You know, I'll keep putting chapters out until I'm finished with the book, and then I'll start trying mm. to edit and finish it. Excellent. So how, how yeah. do you uh, how do you market your books? That's the toughest part that I've talked to authors is just like you said in COVID. Yeah. They're just I don't know how many new authors. Uh, you know, or folks decided to become authors during COVID or right after COVID. Uh, there had to have been a tremendous amount. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, all of the really successful authors I've met so far, and I went to Dragon. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of the guys to go and dress up in costumes or anything stuff. Right. A lot of science fiction, fantasy stuff, but I get like, I met a lot of like people that were really into but they have a ton of stuff in Atlanta driving on for bringing authors. Panels and they have fiction, they have fantasy, they have four different tracks. And some of the most successful indie authors out there go to this. And I think a lot of them got into it, you know, in the 2012 to 2016 demos of Kindle Unlimited. And and mm-hmm. the marketing was there wasn't that many books. And it wasn't um Can you hold on a second? Uh, so you should, you should, yeah, you should try to rejoin. Yeah, it will be no, there'll be no problem.
Excellent. That's pretty cool because it'll it'll do this, but then I can cut it. So it's like oh, okay. it, it's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, talk about your social media. Yeah, I, I you know I I'm I'm doing TikTok. I've got Facebook. I've got I don't really do anything on Twitter. I just repost things. I've got Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't have is like I said that passion. I think that really kind of drives. Um, my passion lies in writing and research right now, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm going to be switching. You got to hire somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish I could. You know, I'm I'm already in the hole enough as it is. Oh yeah, me uh, too. <laughs> but uh, you know, the the podium thing I hopefully will help. One of the things I learned was, uh, you know, fifty per, fifty to eighty percent of people's revenue are coming from the audio side of of the mm-hmm. house, which I was kind of saying that. Um, but I guess it makes a lot of sense in a fast-paced uh, tech world. Yeah. And, uh, so, good thing they're professionals in that, and they're going to help um, promote and push those books, but in the meantime, the biggest thing that I learned from all those other, I mean, seven-figure authors that are indie authors that I, that I spoke to, mm-hmm. they were all like, just right. Um and I think we've all kind of some of the authors we've all heard that it takes seven, six, seven, eight books before That's you. That's what I've heard exactly. That's exactly what I heard. And and you know, having been in the startup world, I have tackled the author, the business side of it, very similar to mm-hmm. starting a little startup. And yep. um, even then, I mean, in all cases in any industry, it is just so hard to get your message out there. Uh, in yes. this case, we're not competing. We're not competing really with each other because no, we're just we're competing with. We have a limited number of of, of folks that probably are our target market, and mm-hmm. and I and that's where I go. Mm-hmm. You know, I wrote Lamentations of Magic for myself, and I was mm-hmm. like, "There's got to be a lot of you know Indiana Jones, Stargate fans that would love this, but how many of them mm-hmm. are readers? I don't know." And there's mm-hmm. no specific genre for what I've written that's cross-genre thing. And so right. it, it has been a very much a challenge. Whereas I think the book I'm writing for Luisa Sophia, it's a historical adventure. It's the mm-hmm. cat burglar version of Enola Holmes, if you've, you've seen the new Netflix thing. But there's a whole series of books that an independent, well, I don't know if she's tra- traditionally published, author put out about right. Enola Holmes. She fictionalized Sherlock's sister. Um, and I think that's a very specific genre. And I think I'll be able to find that audience a little mm-hmm. bit easier and target them. Um, you know, I, I want to try Google ads. Uh, haven't sat down and taken the time I don't know to do about it. Those. I, I, I've done uh, Amazon ads that worthless. Uh, yeah. Facebook mostly worthless Twitter. I've never done any Google because the problem with, I have with any of those click here is because people click and have no intention of doing anything with that click mm-hmm. and they're, yeah. they're paying for that click. Now, if they had a way that, okay, uh, don't bill me until the click actually becomes uh, transitions into a cell or something then that right. I'd be I'd be for that because now I'm not seeing a return on my on my investment, and that's what you want because it's you know it is an investment. So right. I have I don't know you know 
The, I'll, I'll the figure only that thing out I've yet. had real success with are the Kindle Unlimited, you know, deals yep. that you can put out combined with email marketing right now. Yeah. Uh, you can do bargain booksy, you can do free, you know, and even then it's I think I've broken even once on those those kinds of mm-hmm. uh, efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. it's it's like you say as we discussed, you have to have a backlog for people to keep reading your work uh, mm-hmm. because the cost of acquisition for that particular reader uh, is just too great for us folks that have two yep. or three books. Uh, but you're yep. kind of in a damned if you do, damned if you don't, because you have to keep people coming or you fall off the radar. Yeah. And so it, it is a, uh, it's a, it's a difficult spot to be in. I'm I'm grateful that I'm doing it, and I'm grateful that all these mm-hmm. folks are doing it too. That they're chasing their dream. It just it makes it a very uh, challenging new profession, and I oh, yeah. have AI to work about. <laughs> so that's a whole different story. So, yeah, that's a whole different. That, that's a yeah, whole different podcast. And I'm hoping to have a panel uh, early next year. Authors, publishers. Uh, uh, agents, we're going to talk. I want to talk about AI and the effect it's going to have on publishing. Uh, narrator, mm-hmm. right? Uh, all like that. So, Russell, where can everybody find you? Um, and this kind of goes to my my lack of marketing prowess. <laughs> I've got three. I, I, I've got three different websites. You can find me at russellcowtree.com. Um, if you're a fan of Lamentations and Magic, I have lamentationsandmagic.com with a lot more information, a lot of great graphics, character portraits, and stuff like that. And then if you uh, if you want to keep up with what I'm doing day to day and read stuff that I'm writing um, and read about the research, then historyismagic.com is really uh, where, where folks should go for that. Excellent. Well, folks, go ahead and support Russell. Uh, and make sure that if you do read the book, put a review on Amazon or Goodreads or wherever, because that counts, even if you just star rating or a sentence or a paragraph, yep. what well, doesn't matter. That all helps uh, authors for visibility within Amazon, uh, you know, kind of float you to the top a little bit, uh, That which does take a lot. So right. Russell, it's been uh, it great meeting you and uh, I look forward to seeing some uh, more of your books come out. Well, well, thank you, Travis, for having me on. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to, uh, to see where your stuff is going too. So well, I have, so I am writing my third book. Right, I'm about fifty fifty some thousand words into that, and then I have a, had a new idea that popped in my head the other day that I'm doing a lot, starting to research. So I'm going to do kind of that, and I want to do a children's book. And I have the whole okay. idea. I just I just don't know how to write a children's book. Um, I I'm jealous of how many words you're putting out. I think I on one of your other podcasts you said you wrote your first book in six weeks. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think the one that I just had the idea for may be similar to that. Uh, and this this one that I'm doing a little yeah. different is I'm actually outlining or having everything what we, I want to research, and I have the premise of the book, and because I want to kind of shop it around. Uh, to be honest with you, so we'll see. Who knows? Okay. Well, good luck. And all right, good luck know, to I'm, you. Yeah. You take care. Yes, sir. Talk to you later. Bye bye.